The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Pharrell Coast to Coast in the biggest way possible right here on a Wednesday Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us on Sirius XM Channel 159. Carver High here with you. Dane Martinez joins me in a little bit as we get cooking here on a Wednesday. Looking towards Week 16 in the NFL. That's right. It's amazing how fast it goes by. We even got an extra week this year, and it feels like it's just speeding through. Took us a little longer to get through Week 15 Had a few extra days, a few extra games on Monday and Tuesday, but we have arrived. Down the stretch we go. Three games left in the regular season for all these teams. And now you have to start looking, are we going to get games moved this weekend? I think that that's the thing right now. It's COVID. 15 guys on the Jets. The Jets head coach, Robert Salah. Nick Sirianni, who we're going to talk about, and the Eagles in a moment. He goes on the list today. They got a short week against the Giants. The Chiefs have tons of issues. And what's a very significant game with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday? Steelers could catch a massive break in Kansas City if there's no Tyreek Hill, no Travis Kelsey. So as we look to this weekend, and me and Dana look at all the lines that are on the board right now, remember where we were last week on Wednesday and how much things changed between Wednesday and Tuesday of week number 15. So keep that in mind as we start previewing week 16 here. It finished up last night. The Eagles beat Washington 27-17. to And the Eagles win over 200 yards rushing for the fifth time this year and their seventh straight game with 175 yards on the ground. And I know Washington was very shorthanded last night. But do you want to know what I saw? I saw an Eagle team that looks like they could play in the playoffs. Why? Because they have a smash-mouth running game, running game and their defense is pretty decent at times. So I'm starting to buy on the Eagles here. Of course, they have all the lines down right now for make the playoffs for the Eagles. Sirianni goes on the COVID list. These things all get taken down. But you combine the way the Eagles have changed their season by rushing the football with their schedule over the last three weeks, which includes the Giants, who stink. Washington, who they just beat last night. They play them again. And then a potential Week 18 matchup with Dallas, who could be playing for absolutely nothing. So you roll those things together. And suddenly the Eagles at 7-7 seven and seven could have an opportunity to run the table and finish 10-7 and seven and get that last spot in the NFC. Could get it over the Saints. Could get it over Minnesota. I'm starting to put my chips on the Eagles when we talk about that. Also last night, the Rams beat the Seahawks. Good Big performance by Cooper Cup. This is another guy. 
you really don't hear him get talked about for the MVP. They're never going to give it to a wide receiver unless he has some kind of all-world year. Guess what? This guy is having an all-world year. Go look at the numbers on Cooper Cup this year. Go see how many games he has two touchdowns in. How many games he has 150-plus yards. This dude is having some season, but his name isn't Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting the juice yet that Jonathan Taylor's starting to get in the MVP race. But Cooper Cup, I mean, geez, this guy is money in the bank every single week for the Rams, who now, even with Arizona... Give me the Rams to win the NFC West here over the last three weeks. Still plus 140 at FanDuel. Give me the Rams to get it done. So we'll talk about all of that today on Coast to Coast. We mentioned that the Jets have COVID issues. This is going on all around the league. We'll start to talk about tomorrow night's first game of Week 16, the Titans and the Niners. We've got Tannehill and Kyle Shanahan today. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Pharrell Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. Carver High here for Scotty. Dane Martinez joins me in a few minutes on SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio as we start to look ahead to Week 16 in the NFL. Later this hour, Mike Blewett, our man right here on the grid, pro football today, he joins us. And Matt Merchel, Orlando Sentinel, National College football writer, will join us too because things are getting crazy in college now. College football playoff has some new rules. If one team's not ready to play next week. They're going to chop them, forfeit. We've got a game already on the ropes with Texas A&M pulling out of the Gator Bowl. And he's got a very interesting game that he'll be at tomorrow night between Florida and UCF, some in-state rivals in Tampa for the Gasparilla Bowl. So we'll talk to Matt later on as well. More NFL, Cleveland and Green Bay on Saturday. Does Aaron Rodgers care about playing on Christmas Day? We will find out. Stefanski will be on Coast to Coast today. The other night game, how about a double dip on Saturday for Christmas Day? The Colts and the Cardinals at night as well. Carson Wentz, Cliff Kingsbury, we will hear from them too. Joe Mixon practicing for the Bengals. No word on Lamar Jackson yet. Big matchup on Sunday in Cincinnati. Cam Newton going to start for the Panthers against the Bucks, but Sam Darnold will play some. Jeez, that quarterback situation in Carolina is an absolute disaster right now. We've got odds to win the Super Bowl. Like I said, all of the week 16 odds as well. NBA, big slate tonight. We'll talk about last night's games as well as LeBron. They got whacked by the Suns. Still doesn't know how good the Lakers are. Well, maybe that's because they haven't played a complete game together. How many times has, have you gotten the full Lakers squad together this year? Four, five, maybe. And even if you do get the full Lakers squad, are they that good to begin with? We'll hear from LeBron today on Coast to Coast. Tom Thibodeau after a Nick win at the Garden over the Pistons. Adam Silver says he is not shutting the season down. More games getting canceled. No Raptors Bulls tomorrow night. That was the right thing, by the way. We said yesterday how they were basically taking guys off the street and putting them on the plane to play. The Nets and the Portland Trailblazers Thursday night already off too. If a lot to do... Pharrell Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. we got a bowl game tonight also. Army and Mizzou in the Armed Forces Bowl. Let's go, baby. Carver High and Dane here with you on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. We get started on a Wednesday right after this on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back, Pharrell, coast to coast, right here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio on a Wednesday. Good to have you with us, Carver High. And we bring him in now, in-game live every night right here, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. And that is the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. Dane, how are you, my man? We're doing all right. We had a little doubleheader last night, a little Lakers and Suns, and we're ready to back at it today. Uh, Absolutely. A lot to do. Let's start uh, by talking about last night. Eagles beat the football team 27 to 17. Uh, The football team got close late. Uh, They got this game to 20 to 17 early in the fourth quarter. They were covering at that point. But Jalen Hurts, who had two rushing touchdowns earlier in the game, finds Greg Ward to put it away on Fox midway through the fourth. Hurts on the run. The throw. The end zone. It is caught. You know, Dane, I said in the open how Sirianni and the Eagles really changed this team about seven or eight weeks ago when they decided to just dedicate to pounding the rock, the smash-mouth football, all the games over 200 yards, seven in a row over 175. And for me, Dane, it's performances like last night, despite Washington being underhanded, that has me kind of leaning towards Philadelphia as the team that's going to get that last spot in the NFC. So I like what they've done with the run game, okay? They're averaging over 165 yards a game now, the number one run offense in the NFL, ahead of, say, India, ahead of Baltimore, ahead of Cleveland, all the teams you think can pound the rock. And I'm with you. I'll give Sirianni kind of his due for being, you know, uh, creating something in his first year. The only thing I disagree with you on here, Carve, and you mentioned the schedule. They play the kind of round robin in the NFC East. I actually think the Saints' schedule is even easier if you want to know the truth they finish off with carolina and atlanta and i think the new orleans saints defense is also ascending getting better so while i agree that philly can maybe win two of their last three games i think the saints will do so as well and ultimately i think they will get in because i think they have the head-to-head against philly uh they do have the head-to-head against philly the one thing that worries me about the saints dane if we're just talking eagle saints just putting those teams on the board next to each other is I don't know how much I can trust the Saint offense 
if they have to go win them a game. Uh, whereas it looks like That's the fair. Eagles are are moving the football enough now on the ground where I just feel like I can trust them a little more. Now, I'd probably trust the state defense more than the Eagle D, but down a score, mid to late fourth quarter, is Taysom Hill getting the Saints down the field? Let's say they're in a rock fight with the Dolphins on Monday night, and it's late in the right. game. I don't know if I can trust Hill to get the Saints across the goal line. No, listen, I don't disagree with that, okay? I mean, we're all talking about Tampa Bay losing to New Orleans. It was 9 nothing, for goodness sakes, okay? It's not like they're <laughs> dynamic either. I just bring up the schedule because, for example, the other 7-win team, that's Minnesota, they have a much tougher road to yeah, hoe. Definitely. I think, ultimately, we will be looking at New Orleans and Philly side-by-side, side, like you just said. Let's hear from Sirianni. Yesterday, we heard Derek Carr bellyache about the two extra days that the Raiders had before they played the Browns. Sirianni says the two extra days actually helped the Eagles last night. Here he is. It felt like uh, a couple of our practices, you know, the, the Thursday All and our Friday practice wasn't up to our Barb. standard. And All so these I reporters who are here hey, right there two need extra to get days tested. Now to get a, to get they got to watch standard. that. We their, practiced their, their a much phones. better. Now, I know it didn't reflect that in the opening they better be moments wearing of the game. Um, but I was really, I was glad that we got that extra extra bit of uh, get extra bit of practice to clean some things up. So, and again, it, you, you know, if you spend all your time being upset about something you can't control, you're putting unnecessary energy in there. So we talked a lot about that, you know, that we're we're a team about the process and and getting a little bit better each day, and it gave us two extra days to get a little bit better. And so that's what we focused on instead of the things we couldn't control. Uh, you're absolutely right, Dane, about all those guys who were uh, sitting there in the front row with Sirianni at the press conference yeah. last night. Uh, he goes he goes on the COVID. Using your phone day. for the voice yes. memo? <laughs> yep, yep, doing the whole deal. He goes on there, and he had symptoms. So he goes on, had symptoms, got tested, tested positive. So I would have to assume, you know, unless he get, uh, miraculously gets off of it by Sunday against the Giants, he's not going to coach that Giant game on Sunday. No, probably not. But as you mentioned, and we heard Cam in the update, right? The Eagles won't be the only team. I mean, it's coming for the Chiefs, the Jets. And what did we talk about last week, right? Did the NFL set precedent? I remember asking you this exact question. How many is too many, right? Last week, the Rams, the Browns, the football team, they had 20 plus. Well, I'm hearing 15 plus for the Jets. I'm hearing it's a mess yeah. in Kansas City. Are they going to get the same treatment? Or does Jets Jags not kind of rate the same way? Well, here's the thing with Jets-Jags not rating the same way. And you're right, it doesn't rate because maybe there's no playoff implications. The Steelers-Chiefs, major implications. Eagles, a lot of implications. But here's what Jets-Jaguars does have, Dane. Guys getting paid. And as we heard from uh, J.C. Yeah. Treader, the Players Association president today, they wanted to cancel games last week, and the players fought. They knew they'd lose their check if the game got whacked. So even though the Jets and the Jaguars are having awful years and they're having a COVID situation here, all those guys who want, they want to get their, their check. And there's also a battle for the, you know, the top five draft status, Dane. We sure. can't forget about that with the Jets and the Jaguars oh, in that monumental game on Sunday. I know you know all about that. So uh, I am very interested to see if over the next 48 hours, these couple of games that are starting to look like last week's games do get the same treatment uh, because that's only right. I, and you know the Chiefs are going to scream about it. Chiefs are, If they don't have Hill and Kelsey oh, yeah. on Sunday, but they could potentially potentially have them on Tuesday, you know that they are going to bang the drum for the NFL to make those changes again. Ron Rivera and the Washington football team, they are in a very tough spot now at 6-8. and eight. Rivera yeah. says, hey, we know what the deal is. We're going to have to run the table now.
that's it. That's the message. We got to win out. We got to take them one at a time, focus in on them one at a time, and then move to the next one. But mm -hmm. we have an opportunity. We got to take it. There yeah. is Ron Rivera, the Washington head coach. Unfortunately, Dane, a bad situation for them. They are most likely out of it here uh, with a game back. Uh, and, and they are playing the Eagles, but still, uh, I just don't think they're good enough, Dane. I know they had Gilbert Grape in at quarterback last night. I just don't think they're better than these other teams we're talking about, the Saints, the Eagles, the Vikings. They're not as good. I think you're right. But I would have liked to see what the game would have looked like if they actually had their starting quarterback there. You know what I mean? I, you know, and at the same time, and I've been saying this, if it happened on Sunday, Jalen Hurts would have been a game-time decision. Remember, he had the ankle, and Gardner Minshew was playing the week before. So this movement of two days really helped the Eagles, really hurt Washington, and look at kind of the ripple effect now in that division and in the NFC wildcard. Uh, no question about that. The other game last night, I was going to say the second game, but they were played at the same time, Dane, was the Rams beating the Seahawks 20-10 to out at SoFi. Big night for Cooper Cup. Here he is catching another yep. touchdown pass from Matthew Stafford. Put the Rams ahead for good on Fox. Stafford throws for Cup. He's got it. Cooper Cup. It's a Ram touchdown. Twenty-nine yards away. After going down the middle of the field and spinning, he hauls it in at a perfect throw from Stafford. He's got Dane a buck twenty-two, sixteen hundred and twenty-five oh, yeah. yards, oh, yeah. and fourteen touchdowns, and he's got three games left. So think about that. He's got all those stats. That's a season for. That's an all-time season for a lot of guys in this, in this league over its history. This guy's got that with three games to go. He's having just a monster year. No, absolutely. I mean, he's going to wind up with 2,000 yards receiving. He's going to wind up with 150, 160 balls. That's averaging like 10 and 130 a game. Absolutely. But you're right. He's not going to sniff any MVP votes. If anything, Stafford will kind of boost up because, as you know, it is still a quarterback yep. award. No doubt. Dane, we'll get back to the NFL later on when we come back. Matt Merchel, Orlando Sentinel, a lot going on in college football with the bowl games and COVID, of course. We'll talk to Matt next on The Grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Wednesday right here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Carver High in for Scotty today. Joining us right now, one of the best in the biz when it comes to college football. That is our man Matt Merchelle from the Orlando Sentinel. Matt, good to have you here. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. The whole deal as we get ready for this weekend. Bowl season in full swing. A lot of fun games so far. The dumping fries on the Wyoming coach head yesterday. We're cashing over tickets. It was a lot of fun. But, Matt, of course, COVID is going to hit college football like it is hit everybody else recently and we started to get that to today before we get to the gator bowl and what's going on there let's start with the college football playoff very significant rule that they put in today that if a team cannot participate in these games next uh friday that they're going to have to forfeit matt how about that today from the college football playoff committee yeah, you know, it wasn't, uh, I don't think, unexpected considering what we're, what's been happening over the last couple of weeks uh, with COVID going on, you know, with the Omicron variant out there as well. Um, and we've seen teams kind of struggling with this right now. We saw Texas A&M uh, obviously has its issues. Miami Hurricanes paused their bowl preparations because of COVID situations. So you knew that at some point there had to be a, a figure out a way to address this when it came to the semifinals in the next couple of weeks. And the group basically saying that if you can't play, if a team can't perform, doesn't have enough players available, um, you know, they're going to have to forfeit. I think what's interesting about that is if, if you know, two teams, the same two teams in the same game can't, you know, play, uh, then the, the basically their semifinal becomes a de facto national championship. Um, so they've really kind of set up these, these rulings so that, you know, they're making sure they got themselves covered. If teams get to the national championship and, and one team can't play and they can't reschedule it, you know, then, you know, then the, the other team automatically becomes the national champion uh, without playing. Or if both teams can't play, then there's no national championship. So really, there's a lot of scenarios that go into play here that basically kind of cover all the grounds moving forward when it comes with dealing with this COVID situation. And I think that you just said one thing right there that we have to remember. Because when you look at the headline and you don't really dive into it, it's, oh, they're going to whack the game. You said if they can't reschedule the game, which means they would in some circumstances maybe try to reschedule it. But this is more of a last-ditch thing if they have absolutely no options and they can't do that. Yeah, the game is, is set to – the national championship is set to kick off on, on January 10th. They said they could push it back as far as January 14th. But if they can't do it after that, then they're going to have to basically – this goes into effect, whether it be someone crowned just you know de facto or whether they won't have a, a national champion at all. So this is the worst-case scenario, obviously, that would happen. And they're hoping that maybe this one would come about. But when you look around what's going on right now, there's got to be concerns, especially when you see Alabama, for instance, having its offensive coordinator and offensive line coach um, having to, to sit out because they tested positive for COVID. They're supposed to be back for their semifinal game, but still, that's got to be a concern. Yeah, Bill O'Brien and St. Doug Marone today both going uh, in COVID protocol for Alabama. They are still, of course, just over a week away before they play Cincinnati. We'll talk about the game in a minute. Let's go to the Gator Bowl now, Matt. Where the game wasn't postponed, game wasn't canceled, but... They now are looking for an opponent for Wake Forest, or they're hoping to find one after Texas A&M. 
basically said today, Jimbo, I don't got enough guys. I've got 38 scholarship players. I've got guys leaving. I've got guys in COVID. I've got guys injured. So out goes the Aggies. And now, where does the search start, Matt? Do we take a 5-7 and seven team? I read today they could take somebody who already played in a bowl. We get Marshall after losing to the Raging Cajuns on Saturday night. What are we looking at here for the Gator Bowl now? Well, I think they're looking at all scenarios. You know, you mentioned that. You know, I think they're looking around, see if there's a five and seven team around. I think someone reported that Illinois might be a team that's considered, you know, to, to, to possibly play in the game. You know, Marshall, as you mentioned, is just coming off a bowl game. They would have to get a special waiver, you know, to be able to play an additional bowl game. Um, I'm sure there's some other teams that are being looking at. I think the challenge with, with playing teams that have already played in bowl games is just, you know, how many of these players are still around campus? You know, once a bowl game is over, generally players just – after they've done their exit interviews, they're gone. They're heading home for the holidays. So to get these guys back together to make sure that they can sit down and start practicing, it's going to be pretty much a challenge. But, you know, the Gator Bowl hasn't been called. They're going to try to find – work really hard to try to find a team that can be able to, to play this game. They may need a waiver. They may try to find someone else who's, who's a 5-7 and seven school. It's just really challenging with the, with the time frame of it all to have less than a week to kind of get a team together, practice, and ready to go for this game. Well, Matt, let all the kids on Army and Mizzou know tonight before the Armed Forces Bowl, listen, this is like a playoff game. You guys win. You get all the swag from this bowl, and you get to go to Jacksonville next week and play in the Gator Bowl against Wake Forest. Just do that, Matt. Come on. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, and some people have talked about that. You know, some people uh, speculated on this idea of Florida, you know, which plays in tomorrow's game, you know, like they would just go or yeah. UCF, you know, would, the winner of that game would go over and play in the Gator Bowl. I'm not sure, you know, for both those teams, they're both struggling, you know, with injuries and things like this. I'm not sure right. if they if the ADs want to see that happen. But listen, someone is probably going to try to find a way to play this game. I think it's going to be interesting to see who it is. Let's talk about UCF and Florida, of course. Tomorrow night, the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. And they're going to get, like, a record crowd at this bowl game because getting two teams from the state of Florida into it, the Gators and the Knights, really huge for this bowl game. Tampa's going to be rocking tomorrow night. My concern as I try to bet this game, Matt, of course, and the line's now seven for the Gators, is it's always motivation in these bowl games. You've got Florida who's got a transition in the coaching staff right now. They've got a quarterback who's already said, hey, I'm leaving after this game, guys. I don't know how much motivation there is for the Gators, whereas the UCF kids are probably like, oh, man, we want to beat Big Bad Florida. They, well, probably a lot of those kids, Matt, I'd have to guess, probably didn't get offers from Florida, and that bothers them. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, you're exactly right. There are a lot of players on that UCF team. They're probably looking across the way and thinking, okay, yeah, you know, we know, understand they're a power five program, you know, and they're 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 the dominant one of the dominant programs in the state of Florida, you know. But we're going to go out there and try to beat them. And this is a big feather in the cap for UCF if they find a way to knock off Florida, even if Florida is going through a coaching transition and has some issues with you know players leaving. This would be a big win for them. this is a big bragging rights game. It's a bragging rights game on the recruiting trail for sure. Whoever wins this game, it's going to help them out as well. So I think I think UCF's a little bit more motivated in this game. You know, I think it means a little bit more. Granted, they're a team that's been decimated by injuries throughout the year. They've had some some key players leave through the transfer portal as well. You know, but you're looking at a Florida team, as you mentioned, doesn't have, you know, it's, it's an interim coach right now, has been dealing with a new coaching staff coming in. In fact, we were talking with interim coach Greg Knox on Monday. He said they've had to kind of split some of their time away from bowl prep to let players go and kind of meet the new coach and kind of sit down and have meetings with them. So it's kind of been a delicate balance there as well. So it's going to be an interesting showdown. And I think, yeah, there's a little bit more of a favor for UCF wanting to win this game, maybe so much more than in Florida at this point. 
Yeah, that's where I'm leaning right now. And what's the, what do you think the crowd breakdown is like tomorrow night? It ain't going to be 50-50, right? Are we leaning like 60-40 Gators? Are the Knight fans going to try to push the Gator fans out because maybe they're not going to show up because they don't care as much? What's Because it's right in the middle. I mean, you can't have it more yeah. perfect. You got Orlando, Jacksonville, boom. And then right, Gainesville right in the middle, you get Tampa. I love it, Matt. Yeah, you know, Tampa's kind of a Florida town, you know, a Gators town, so they expect a lot of Gator fans. I think it's going to be 60 oh, yeah. 40. You know, but, but I will say this there's been a lot of, not bad blood, but there's been a lot of animosity between these two programs from a couple of years ago when there was talk that they may face each other in the Peach Bowl back in 2018. And then there was scuttle that maybe Florida didn't want to play UCF, and that's why they didn't get in that game. They didn't do choose to go in that game. So there's a little bit of bad blood there, a little bit of bragging rights. So I, I think there's going to be a pretty good crowd. I know they got some tickets back on the market right now, but it's going to be a sold out affair. I think it's going to be a, a quite the it's quite the game probably one of the better games of the bowl season and you're actually going to have a couple good ones down in orlando too because you get uh clemson and iowa state down there you get iowa and kentucky on new year's day in the uh, citrus bowl so a couple good games in orlando for you matt yeah, very much so. We become Iowa South, I guess. You know, all of a sudden we're going to have both Iowa State <laughs> and Iowa there as well. So, you know, good good fan bases that travel. Obviously programs that are, are in some cases, you know, Clemson, is, it's, it's not the, the year they thought they were going to have, but they want to finish off on a strong note. You know, you mentioned Iowa and Kentucky. You know, Mark Stoops, the Kentucky coach, went to Iowa. His All of his brothers went to Iowa, basically. Um, a lot of tradition there as well. So those both those games, I think, are going to be very entertaining games. Um, and, and, and basically, you know, most of the players are going to be playing in that game as well. We haven't had that many opt-outs so far. I was going to ask you about that next. Uh, what do you think about the opt-outs? Some of the coaches have started to bellyache about it a little, a little. This is a trend we saw really pick up three or four years ago, and now it's like every day you turn around and other players opting out and heading to the draft. It's gotten pretty crazy, Matt, when you think about it. But who am I to tell kids not to wait and not get injured for money they're going to make in the NFL? Yeah, you know, and I also think one of the things, the reason you're going to see more of this year, particularly now, is because of the fact of the COVID situation. I think if you're you're adding right. more restrictions, if you're adding things, making it a little tougher to get around, you know, if you're a player, you're not playing in a semifinal game, you're probably thinking to yourself, what's the point of me playing in this game? You know, I mean, if I've got an opportunity to go and start working out on my own or working out with a trainer and getting ready for the, you know, the NFL combine, why not go ahead and take that and make that move? Now, there's a lot of guys who will come back and play because they want to play for their team and they want to play for their brothers and they want to go out there and, and kind of finish on a good note we've seen that so far but there are guys that I, I get it you know if you think you're a first or second round pick and you want an opportunity to protect yourself there's way too many opportunities for something bad to happen it's better just to kind of go ahead and, and leave and do what you want to do but there are a lot of really good guys out there who are sticking around and they're going to make sure that their team kind of finishes out on a strong note so I don't think this is a trend that's going to go away I think we're going to continue to see this now whether we'll see it in such a high number as we did this past year maybe I'm not sure. I think things will eventually work themselves out. I got just under a minute left, Matt. So are we getting Georgia, Alabama again, provided we don't get any crazy COVID situations with these four teams? I would think so. I mean, you know, listen, I think you give Nick Saban two and a half weeks to prepare for a game. He's going to be prepared for Cincinnati. Don't get me wrong. Cincinnati's going to come in there and try everything. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. But I think he's going to be pretty prepared going into that game. I think, to me, the Georgia-Michigan game is a much more interesting game in a sense that, you know, it's two physical teams, two teams that really are, are you know, kind of win the game up front in, on the offensive and defensive lines. I think Georgia's concern has got to be a quarterback. You know, they're coming off a bad loss. They've had to sit on that bad loss for a while to Alabama. They had issues with quarterback then with Stetson Bennett. They've got to get him to play better if they're going to win that game. If they can do that and they play like they did early on in the season, I think there's going to be an opportunity for the two of them to get it, meet the national title. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Coast to coast on a Wednesday, Carver High in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Before we keep going, I have to tell you, stay on the grid all day, even when you're not tuned in. Please follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid, at Sports Grid TV, at Sports Grid Radio. Everything you can ever possibly want in your life is on those social media accounts. So please go and do it. Joining us right now, our boy, Blue. Pro football today, Sunday mornings, right here on the grid. Our man, Mike Blewett. What's up, Mike? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, bud. It's good to see you again. Uh, And it's always, obviously, fun to come on the show, talk with you. But we're at a point in the NFL season, uh, which is not typically this uh, erratic, but it's gotten to the point where I'm pretty sure I don't know the answer to any questions that you ask me right now because it's impossible <laughs> to keep up with the news. So I'm just here to wing it. Let's just have some fun. Let's get weird. I was saying I was saying to Dane earlier in the show, and we'll just start here, like a week ago on Wednesday, when we were starting to look ahead to week 15, things changed so much between Wednesday and Tuesday that it, you could have just threw it out the window. And I feel like as we sit here once again on Wednesday, getting ready to start week 16, the same thing is going to apply because, once again, we have a bunch of teams that players are up in the air, coaches are up in the air, and we're talking games with serious implications. I mean, you're, you're Steelers and the Chiefs, major game in the AFC in the late window on Sunday, and the Chiefs are missing Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and I got a feeling, Mike, that the Chiefs are going to want to bang on Roger Goodell's door in the league and say, hey, you better give us two days like you gave everybody two days last week. No kidding. Uh <laughs> You know, to put it in perspective, and I had a tweet about this last week, Urban Meyer got fired seven days ago. It feels like he got fired two months ago. That happened last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. By Friday, everybody forgot. 
But it's like, ah, whatever. Uh, how many Jags can play? Do they have 53 guys that can even go out there? Fine. They'll beat the Texans, which they de- decidedly did not. But uh, that's the way things are rolling right now. The news that we're getting, Austin Eckler, Jalen Guyton just hit the COVID-19 list. Guyton's been actually right. a really interesting developing player as the season has gone on for them. And Eckler clearly the, the biggest cog in their entire offense. So that's happening. Uh, Mike Remmers is on the off the offensive tackle from the Chiefs is on the COVID list. Josh Gordon is off it. So to your point about the Chiefs uh, with guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in question, I, I, clearly that's going to swing the game against the Steelers team that Look, they only play one quarter a week. It's sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But if they have a particularly good fourth quarter, maybe they can sneak a win. Yeah, because the other thing that we have to remember about next week too, Mike, is there's no Thursday and Saturday games next week right now. You know, with right. with with the new year and all, with the bowl games, there's no Thursday and Saturday. So moving a game to Tuesday maybe isn't as big a scheduling thing as we were talking about the other day. Now, listen, they got through it. They moved the Eagle game. They moved the Ram game. They moved the Brown game. But uh, there's going to be a few teams who are probably looking for the same thing this coming weekend, and the Eckler is a big blow uh, to the Chargers as well. I have to mention this only because you brought up Urban Meyer, and I've been banging the drum about Trevor Lawrence here, and they play the Jets on Sunday. It's a nothing game. The Jets have 15 guys on the list. Robert Sala's on the list. Trevor Lawrence is who I want to ask you about quickly because do you blame Urban Meyer for how poorly Trevor Lawrence has played this year or has he just looked bad altogether? Because honestly, Mike, even number one overall picks on bad teams have a couple of moments throughout their rookie season where you're like, "Eh, you know what? That guy's going to be good. Even though his team sucks, I know that guy's going to be good. And honestly, Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't given anybody any of those this year. I think that's fair. Uh, do I blame Urban Meyer? Sure. I think a lot of the blame falls on him. But, uh, you know, in the last couple of years in particular, I, I've just sort of developed, maybe it's I've developed a tougher skin about it. But it, it's to the point now where you can really see how organizations are run, some of them very poorly, uh, some of them very well, right? Uh, like Aaron Rodgers has a lot of criticism of the Packers, but the Packers from afar have developed a lot of talent, even acquired some really good talent in free agency. It doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they've managed to get through a lot of this stuff over the course of the last decade. They've been very successful winning eight divisional titles. Uh, teams like the the Steelers, the Patriots, the Ravens, and others really are able to fight through a lot of organizational challenges. But some of the badly run organizations, frankly, right now, both New York teams, uh, like the Jaguars, Sometimes I don't even think it matters the level of the talent of the player. Organizationally, they don't know what they're doing, and it tanks their careers before they even get started. They, he hired a coach that didn't know what he was doing, a general manager that nobody in the league likes, and he, he allowed those guys to hire people that had checkered pass, like the Iowa strength and conditioning coach and bringing in Tim Tebow as a dog and pony show, which the other players clearly didn't like yelling at respected players like Marvin Jones. Organizationally, they're broken. So who would ever be successful there? It doesn't matter if Trevor Lawrence is twice as talented as he actually is. I don't know that it's going to matter if nobody in the organization knows what to surround him with. Daryl Bevel comes in as interim head coach. He's obviously a well-respected guy, but he's already handing off play calling duties after one week. So 
there's not even consistency with the interim period, which was only going to last a month. Big win for the Eagles last night, Mike. They get to 7-7, seven and seven, pounding the football again. We made a lot of jokes, me and Scotty, early in the year and in preseason about Nick Sirianni. He's not going to be ready for the job. Look at this guy up here. He says all these ridiculous things. Let me tell you, the move that he made seven or eight weeks ago to decide, you know what, we're just going to be a ground-and-pound, run-the-football team has completely transformed the Eagles season to the point now, with three weeks to go, I think they're the team that's going to get that last spot in the NFC. Uh, certainly, and Miles Sanders was the first Eagles running back in seven years. It was LaShawn McCoy to run for over 100 yards in consecutive weeks. It had been that long since they had a 100-yard rusher two weeks in a row. So uh, great job by Miles Sanders. I think a lot of fantasy football players out there have been complaining that he doesn't even really get the ball out that much, even when he's healthy. They've mixed and matched with Kenneth Gainwell and others, but uh, a nice job here, and I, I think – for whatever consistency we've seen with Jalen Hurts, I think, look, he didn't even really have a full rookie season last year. And I think he's still developing in year two. I think he's very capable. I think he certainly is still auditioning for that starting job next year. They obviously have an interesting number of high first-round picks, uh, or at least a number of first-round picks that they can do whatever they want with. But there's nothing to make you say that Hurts hasn't earned the job, right? I, I think you can have questions about his upside, but he's done a really good job here. I, I promise you, I said a million times over in the preseason, this looks like the worst team in the NFC East. I think they're going to finish last. I didn't know the Giants would be quite this bad, but I thought Washington would be a little bit better. And to be honest, right now, the Eagles aren't even that all that far out of first place. You know, they haven't it, the schedule broke right for them when they got off that flight from Denver after they got blown out out in uh, out in Denver. They have not had to get on a flight since the last seven weeks yeah. of the year, by weeks and local games by bus. I wonder if that lack of travel is playing to their advantage. Uh, it certainly is. Great point by you. I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Look at this Eagle schedule. That's another thing that lined them up for success. We have a double dip on Christmas Day, which is going to be a lot of fun. You can avoid the family and go watch football for, for several hours. We have the Packers-Browns early, but the game I'm interested in, Mike, is this Colt-Cardinal game at night because you have two teams kind of going in different directions right now. Cardinals have lost a couple games in a row, including a bad loss in Detroit on Sunday. Colts are surging right now. Jonathan Taylor maybe could steal the MVP here, Mike. Come on, we don't want to give it to those old quarterbacks anymore. Let's get a little 10-1 to 1 with Jonathan Taylor here. But I'm very intrigued by this Colt-Cardinal game, which right now is cards minus one and a half on Saturday night. Yeah, I think you have a few games like that where teams are going in the opposite direction, right? Um, you have... Uh, Tennessee playing in a, in a tough matchup as well. But Arizona and Indianapolis, I, I think for all the people that were doubting the Cardinals all along, they're probably victory lapping it right now. I just think they have to get back to Kyler being a little bit more dynamic. Uh, but the Colts are really tough in that they are obviously doing one thing really well. I think anybody would agree that they are a tough team. I personally like the makeup of the Colts team for the last couple of years. Their upside is capped a little bit with Phil Rivers was playing just okay for a lot of the year last year. And he, we see Wentz really kind of taking a step back here. They didn't really try to pass the ball the other night, but 5 of 12 for 60 yards or whatever isn't yeah. going to get it done against 
challenging teams. But they're creating turnovers. They're built really well on the offensive and defensive lines. I think those that is really the strength of their team. And clearly, it is allowing Taylor to be uh, a great player, an MVP-level player, heading towards 2,000 scrimmage yards. Uh, really an incredible season. They do need, though, if they're going to play against dynamic offenses and defenses that can rush the passer like Arizona, they are going to try to need to develop a second pitch, uh, as it were, right? They can't just run Taylor. It will win them some games, but that's not really what they're trying for. They're trying to win a division. They're trying to advance in the playoffs, not get bounced in the first round like they did last year. So they're going to have to get Michael Pittman and others to be dynamic with Wentz in the passing game. It can't just run between the tackles. Nope. And unfortunately for them, when they've had to do that this year, Wentz has hurt them, whether it be the Titan game or the game against the Ravens on Monday night, which they ended up blowing. So they do have to get the other elements involved there. AFC North, we still have plus money to win it with all four teams right now. A bunch of them have games still with each other, including the Bengals and the Ravens this week. Where are you sitting right now, Mike, with three weeks to go in the AFC North? It's a big blow for the Browns, obviously. I I thought they were going to get that win against the Raiders, and I was kind of betting on them. Uh, I think it's a really difficult uh, division to match up with right now. The Ravens, I don't like the way that they're playing at all. They're super banged up. Uh, they're they're on the wrong side of luck now. We're on the right side of luck at the beginning of the year. They're still a particularly well-coached team. So I guess the Ravens uh, edge out. But this feels like the NFC East a year ago, where with two three weeks to go, two weeks to go, we'll still be trying to place bets on all the plus money options. Let me tell you, Mike, at this point, I'd take the Steelers at 7-1 to one just because you're getting the most juice. I, 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 ju- I just think, and look, I, I, I know, but things are breaking now. What if they do keep yeah. that game on Sunday and there's no Kelsey and there's no Hill and maybe the Steelers can find a way? You know, they still got to play the Browns again and they play the Ravens the last game. Plus 700 the Ra- compared to all these. Since he's got the Ravens, yeah. Chiefs, and at Cleveland, that is the toughest road of all the teams. I think I would take the team where I'm getting the most plus money right now, and I would just hold my nose and say, let's go. Mike, uh, great stuff, my man. We'll see you Sunday morning, Pro Football Day, right here on The Grid. Thanks, buddy. I like where your head is at. Merry Christmas. There you go. Mike Blewett, of course, one of our own here on The Grid. Pharrell Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. We keep rolling. Coming back, Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Carver High, Dane Martinez after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. 
the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. Carver High and Dane Martinez here for Scotty Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us. So more COVID additions to the list, Dane, I should say, during the past couple of minutes. Uh, let me get your thoughts yeah. here. So I know you're upset about Austin Eckler. He goes on for the Chargers. They already have Bosa on the list as well. Now, Houston, who they play on Sunday, they put... Brandon Cooks, Tay Davis, Eric Wilson, their kicker, Fairburn. So they put a whole bunch of guys on the list, too. So they still have it at Chargers minus 10 on Sunday for this game in Houston. Now, I have to believe, even without Eckler and Bosa, the Chargers, who are 8-6 and six and very much in the mix to get one of these playoff spots in the AFC, they should still be in good shape, even without those guys in the lineup. Right, Dane? I mean, come on. I would think so. I mean, Houston is one of the bottom three defenses in the NFL, dead last in rushing. So maybe Justin Jackson and Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly, the kid out of UCLA, they all get their turn and kind of have an easy path possibly but you mentioned Houston's down a bunch of players as well and these things move yeah. throughout the week you know it's very rare that seven becomes eight or nine and then stays at eight or nine players for the next 48 hours so this is now another team we have to watch we also got word that another three Jets were added to the list I think that makes 18 remember I asked you last week Carve where is the line the three teams that had their games moved had about 20 the Jets are approaching that number the Chiefs are approaching that number the Chargers Texans game is approaching that number that's why i asked you where is the threshold and i don't think we actually have a firm answer no i don't think we have a firm answer either uh you're right the jets and look i know people are gonna say yeah the jet jaguar game it doesn't matter these guys want checks just like the guys in the games that do matter so whether it's right. sunday monday or tuesday these guys want to get paid all right especially the guys in the jaguars who as of right now you know, don't have the COVID-8 outbreak that the Jets have. All right, Pharrell Coast to Coast, Carver High and Dane here for Scotty. We'll come back. Hour number two, more NFL to do on SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio right after this. SportsGrid, we don't have business hours. We give you sports gaming strategies and information 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.